You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome down to Sacks in the Basement. Pull up a stool at my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. It is now time for another White Sacks 2020 simulated game as part of an entire 2020 simulated season. We've been doing this since opening day. And even though we are going to talk during the game today about what is going on in the real world, MLB owners all getting together with a proposal, we're also going to talk about how likely it is they actually will play as they hope to on July the 1st. And then what happens if they do? What happens to this season that we're doing here? We're going to lay that all out for you as well because there's big news For those who have been following the simulated season going on on this White Sox team, and I'm talking about the one that's 25-16 and and just took the first of a three-game set in San Diego against the Padres. A team right now that is just flourishing behind the hot hitting of Yohan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal and just saw Lucas Giolito put it together, and hopefully that is a sign of good things to come. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park at 33rd and Princeton, Though we can't be there now to drink a beer, we can enjoy their fine food and award-winning burgers at the top of that menu list. Get the entire menu in order through Grubhub or direct at corkandcarryatthepark.com and support a Southside tradition. So much ahead today. Also ahead this week, Dave will be joining me for a few games and James Fox. White Sox beat reporter that's had a ton of scoops this offseason is going to come on and talk about the upcoming draft in Major League Baseball and the possibility of real baseball coming back. And I think he and I are going to disagree based upon his tweets, so that should be fun. But right now, it's Game 2 in San Diego. Sox, Padres, now. And welcome to Petco Park in beautiful San Diego. Clear skies and a 25-16 and 16 Chicago White Sox team going up against the second place in the NL West, San Diego Padres. It's White Sox simulated baseball using MLB The Show 20, and Dinoson Lamette will take the mound tonight for the Padres. Eight starts, two and three record, 5.02 earned run average, 1.53 whip over 43 innings. He's got 53 strikeouts to 19 walks. And Tim Anderson stands in batting 329 and leading off as he has for most of the season here for the White Sox. The righty, Lamette, wasting no time or underway. And that's a slider at the knees for a strike. 0-1 the count. 22-19 are these Padres after the White Sox took game one last night. First pitch at 7-11 here local time, which means it's 9-11 back in Chicago. And an outside curveball misses 1-1. Beautiful night in Southern California. Not super warm as you would expect, even though it is mid-May. Bit of an Arctic front affecting everybody. A low inside two-seam fastball catches the plate. One and two the count to Anderson. Remember, this broadcast and each and every one of our broadcasts this season are brought to you by Cork and Carey at the Park as Anderson lifts this one down the first baseline, and we appreciate their support. 60 degrees today, clear skies. Not a lot of wind yet, but we saw it whipping earlier, so we might get a breeze. We'll keep an eye on the flags. The fifth offering from Lamette is sent out weekly in the right field. Can of corn. 
Anderson goes down with a fly out to right, and there's one out in this game. Most of your East Coast games already going final with the Dodgers beating the Phillies in Philadelphia, 5-2. Nick Mandrigal gets a rare start in the two spot. It's an interesting lineup today. A few guys needed a day off. And Mads, who's been hitting the ball well and hands the average up now to 244, hitting 455 over his last five games, will play second base tonight and bat in the two spot in front of Jose Abreu. 1-0 the count. Lamette's next offering misses high in a two-seamer 2-0. Madrigal starting to adjust to major league pitching. And the hope is that will continue. As there were several guys struggling early on, including his fellow rookie Luis Robert, who is still under 200. This one's popped up to short. Tatis underneath it. Will field it, and there's two gone right away in the first inning. The Indians have gone final out in Baltimore, beating the Orioles 3-2, so they continue to win as much as we are. As Jose Abreu comes up to the plate, Jose, 10 home runs, 28 RBIs. He's been stuck on 10 home runs for a while now, hitting 275. Playing first base today for the White Sox, Encarnacion again on the bench. Although he will expectedly get the start tomorrow, as Ricky Renteria has tried to get him in as a starter in one game of each of these road trip series. San Francisco was first for three games. We took two out of three. We took the first one last night against these Padres. A swinging strike and then an inside fastball misses one and one the count. Minnesota is now lost to Detroit in Detroit three to two. So we can gain some ground as Abreu swings and misses at a high fastball. One and two the count. It's nice knowing what you have going for you before you even get underway. Like, hey, this is what the other guys did. Now let's go out and win. The 1-2 pitch. Outside slider. Abreu holds off. 2-2. Two and two. Abreu follows this one off down the third baseline. Count remains even. With two outs in the top of the first inning. And now an outside curveball misses. 3-2 and two with Moncada on deck. So Abreu proving to be a little tougher on Lamette than the first two batters that he faced. Full count, two outs, payoff pitch. Swung on and sent down the first baseline and ripped out of the air at first base. A heads-up play on that line drive takes away extra bases from Abreu. So in the end, the Sacks go down one, two, three, and we go to the bottom of the first with the Padres coming up. Dallas Keuchel takes the mound for the ninth time this season and through eight starts, a 4-1 record and a 4.76 earned run average over 45 in the third innings, a 1.39 whip with 37 strikeouts. He's given up 48 hits and 15 walks over those innings. He was brilliant two starts ago and then had a rough outing that he powered through with not his best stuff the last time we saw him. And Juan Lagares. Hitting 171, we saw him in the two spot last night. He leads off against the lefty as the White Sox are nine games above 500 as of today going into this game. 25 and 16, a great start. First pitch is a strike, the next one on the way. Swung on and fouled off down the first baseline, quickly 0-2. Let's go around the horn here. James McCann is catching. Rondell's been red hot, but everybody needs a rest, especially at the catcher position. First base is Abreu, second base Madrigal, Anderson's at short. Moncada's at third. Into the wind is Keuchel. And that's an outside fastball, one and two. In left field, Adam Engel gives Aloya Menez a break. 
Center field's Luis Robert and right field's Nomar Mazzaro has been hitting well. I don't think you would have seen both Jimenez and Grandal out of the lineup at the same time a few weeks ago, but a couple of these guys are starting to hit. And Renteria doesn't have to push guys as hard. You don't want to wear them out early. Ground ball over to Mandrigals, flipped over to Abreu for the first out. And there's one gone as Will Myers comes to the plate. So against a righty starter, the one and the two guys are flipped and compared to against a lefty starter. Myers led off yesterday. Average down to 264 after a rough day at the plate. Now he gets Keuchel standing in the right-handed batter's box as the lefty, number 60, stares in and delivers. A high two-seam fastball just misses 1-0 the count. In the 10th inning, extra innings in Pittsburgh. Cardinals and Pirates are tied up at 1. So they're still playing baseball on the East Coast. A late one for them. Here we still have the sun up. 2-0 after that pitch misses from Keuchel. McCann sets up on the inside part of the plate, and he gets a strike on the inside corner. Two-seamer in. 2-1 two and one the count. The next offering hits the outside corner on a change. 2-2, two and two, the count is now even on Myers. He started off 2-0, and oh, and now it's even. Keiko wastes no time, comes right back at him. This one's flied out in the left field near the line. His angle backing up near the track. He will catch it, hung up there for a while. There's two gone. Some solid defense out there right now for the White Sox in the outfield. It's a cavernous outfield. And Tommy Pham comes up. 291 is what he's hitting. He had a hit last night, and then on two straight pitches, stole second and then stole third. Sends this one over to short on the one-hop. Anderson gets it and gets Pham out by about a step and a half. He's quick down the line. T.A. gunned it. One, two, three, go the Padres. Six up, six down between these two teams, and we go to the top of the second in San Diego. Top of the second inning, leading off for the White Sox is Juan Mancada. Mancada leads the team in batting average amongst those that qualify, hitting 340 coming into this game. He'll bat lefty, where his stats are a little bit lower. Hits around 300 lefty, around 400 righty right now. He doesn't hit righty very often, though, because he insists on hitting from the left side most of the time against all these right-handed pitchers in starting rotations. Takes two strikes, one on the outside corner, one on the inside corner, and he's quickly 0-2 without even moving the bat. Lamette into the wind of the pitch. A high four-seamer, high and tight. One and two the count. Mancada almost hit one out last night. Stuck on six home runs. He's had a few of them off the top of a few walls around Major League Baseball. I feel like as it warms up, we're going to see even more power out of the White Sox four-hitter. He seems to sit in that four spot at least six out of every seven days. And he really hasn't left the four spot in American League ballparks. Swings and misses at one down the middle. First strikeout for Lament. Took something off that one and off speed. And out in front of it was Mancati. got fooled. He mutters to himself and heads back to the dugout. And James McCann's hitting in the five spot tonight. He's hitting 319. He's got a high slugging percentage in the mid-500s. He's two home runs, four RBIs, a 949 OPS. A lot of people worried about McCann because in the first half, he had numbers like this last year. In the second half, he did not. He was an all-star because of the first half. He would not have made the team if you took his end-of-year statistics. He's 2-0 right now, and this one misses outside, 3-0. 
now being able to pick the matchups and not wear him out, he's become very valuable and also a valuable pinch hitter, especially in these National League games. Inside four, Seamer hits the zone three and one. He may have a new pitcher to catch. Tonight, Charlotte was supposed to send Michael Kopech to the mound for his regular start. He did not appear. He is still listed on the roster and no move has been made, but he would have pitched tonight. Three and two to count as that one is fouled off, and now he walks him on a full count. McCann goes down to first. The indication may be as Dane Dunning has now moved into that rotation and started tonight instead. That Dunning begins the next phase of getting back on track. And Kopech, while still listed as a starter, is now listed to be starting on Thursday. That is the date that he's expected to join this team if the rumors are true. Mazzara steps in the lefty. Inside curveball, catches the zone for a strike 0-1. One out here on the top of the second inning. Mazzara's hitting 222 and has increased his average as of late. Curveball misses low below the knees. One and one the count. Now, early on, Kopech had some concern for the team. A terrible start to his season down in the minors. He was carrying an ERA close to seven and a whip close to two. As a two and one pitch just misses three and one to Mazzara with one out. And McCann on first. In his last two starts, including his most recent one where he went seven innings shutout ball, he has pitched 14 innings, struck out 14, walked only two, given up only six hits over those innings, and only one run. He's been lights out for his last two starts as it clicks for him. And the Sox seem ready to get him on their major league squad. ERA is dialed down to just above five, and the whip is respectable again. Mazzara walks, and there are runners at first and second for Adam Engel, the seven-hitter today. He's hitting 364 in limited action with two home runs and eight RBIs. And he may be getting even less action as Mazzara has started to hit righties and lefties lately. Down the first baseline, hooking foul into the stands for strike one. Angles had some big hits early on in the season, but he was at a torrid pace. There was no way he was going to stay at that. Now he's settling into his role as really the fourth outfielder on this team. 0-2 the count, maybe even the fifth, depending on where you slate Garcia. Outside pitch rolls a little bit. Everybody's going to stay. 1-2, now to Adam Angle. McCann at second, Mazzara at first. One out, top of the second inning. Lamette. Into the wind. Misses high on a four-seamer, two and two, and he's struggling. Dinelson Lamette. A big-time name here for this Padres organization. Got injured and was out. Came back late from a surgery that kept him out for over a year. As the count now goes full as that one misses. Struggled a little bit in his last few starts, but showed signs he could be the dominant pitcher. And you know what? That's just what we're looking for from Michael Kopech. He's a little bit ahead of him in the timeline. This one's grounded to third. They're going to start around the horn. Over to second. Back over to first. Five to four to three in the double play. Grounded into by Adam Engel. Lamette is out of the top of the second inning. Still no hits for the White Sox, even though they leave two on. And the Padres come up in the bottom of the second. 
Fernando Tatis Jr. is hitting 264. That's fifth on his team. He's got a 769 OPS, five home runs in there. And the righty stands in against Dallas Keuchel and will lead off the bottom of the second for the Padres. Keuchel, this is high on a four-seamer at 94 miles an hour, 1-0. Last night, 0 for 3 for Tatis with two strikeouts as he swings and misses at a changeup low and away. Next pitch is on the way. Hits the outside corner for a strike one and two. They got started late in Atlanta because of a rain delay, so it's only 5-1 to one in the East Coast time zone. Braves over Boston. As this one's sent over to short, Anderson bobbles it, recovers, and gets Tatis on a close play over at first. Hit his glove, fell on the dirt, he picks it up, and scoots it over. A bang-bang play, but it goes in favor of the White Sox. And Manny Machado comes up hitting fifth. So Machado moves up one space in the order when there's a lefty pitcher up there. He's dangerous. 30 RBI, eight home runs, a 310 average. His 30 RBI have him fourth in the National League. He almost took one out last night. Luis Robert catching it with his butt against the wall in dead center field. Keiko gets in the ground immediately to Moncada. Two steps and a throw over. One pitch and another out. Machado goes back to the bench. Hitting the ball to his counterpart at third base. And Brian Dozier, who when he plays, is in the middle of a five-game hit streak, but only has a 176 average, stands in and takes an outside cut fastball for a strike that touches the plate. Keiko. Slows down for a moment, changes the signs with McCann, and now throws one just outside and a cut fastball tailing away. Count is even at one and one. Tries high and inside, doesn't get the call, two and one. Keuchel in the wind and delivers. Tapped up the middle, there was a shift down for Dozier. Mandrigal behind second, fields it and gets it over to Abreu. And one, two, three go the Padres for the second straight inning. We go to the top of the third inning. No runs, no hits, no errors for either team. You know they're coming soon. And as we enter the family waterproofing solutions third inning, here's Luis Robert hitting 183 and struggling, although he had a big two-run double that busted the game open for the White Sox in the top of the ninth inning last night and put it out of reach. Big insurance runs from Robert on a big hit off the wall that almost got out of here. Takes a strike right away as Lamette entered the inning with 38 pitches. And after that ball, he's at 40, one and one the count here in the top of the third. Family Waterproofing Solutions sponsors this inning. Family owned, female owned, veteran owned. Ken's a Marine. They're on the southwest side in the suburbs in Evergreen Park, but they cover pretty much all of northern Illinois and northwest Indiana. Get a free estimate, even over video, to keep you and your family safe and find out how they're going to do the job right and safely for you as that one misses outside and Roberts quickly 3-1 and one with Keuchel on deck. Details coming up midway through the inning and don't forget to ask about the special Socks in the Basement deals specifically for Socks in the Basement listeners from Family Waterproofing Solutions. Roberts swings on an inside four-seamer tailing in that might have been ball four. The count is full. He's had a lot of full counts over the last few days. The 3-2 pitch. Swung on and sent out in the left field, tailing back towards the wall as Myers. He looks up, and that ball is gone. Luis Robert takes him out for a solo shot, 379 feet. Good for him. 
gets out here at 96 miles per hour. Robert almost hit one out last night, just a little bit to the right of that area in left field. Tonight he puts it out. This stadium and this weather suits him. Maybe it's just been too cold for Luis Robert. He might heat up. That was always the theory with Aloy Jimenez last year. Just didn't like the cold weather, and then he heated up, and he was he got he got used to it eventually. I don't know. Dallas Keuchel steps in with a one nothing lead, and no outs here in the top of the third. He bats lefty like he throws, and takes a four seamer inside. Owen won the count on the pitcher. So Luis Robert had a nice hit last night. Leaves off this game with a home run. And the hope is he's turning the corner. Lament now hits the upper inside corner of the zone for a strike taken by Keuchel. Keuchel's played not only for Atlanta, where he had the bat, but he was on Houston for a little bit, I believe, before they switched over to the American League. So he has held the bat before. Swings on this one and pops it straight up. Underneath it is the catcher. And there's one gone. So Tim Anderson, who led off with a line out in the first inning, stands in for the second time today with one out in the top of the third. Nobody's on, but the White Sox have a run already in this inning. And Lamette, with pitch number 48, swung on and missed a two-seam fastball inside and not in the zone. 0-1. Anderson tied for eighth in the American League in doubles with 12 so far in this season. The 0-1 pitch. Hits the outside corner on a four-seam fastball, 0-2. T.A. stands in the bat, wiggling a little bit. Swings at a high offering and sends it out to the right. It's going to drop in a duck snort. He swung at a ball that was up at his eye level. Got enough of it to get it over first, but not far enough out in the right field for it to be caught. So T.A.'s on. There's speed aboard with one out. As Anderson's butt up at the top of stolen bases in Major League Baseball for the majority of this season, although the leader is still his counterpart or his teammate, Luis Robert. Madrigal takes a high and outside pitch for a strike, 0-1. Next pitch misses low, a curveball, 1-1 the count. Anderson goes, they throw down. Close play at second base and he is out. That is a bang-bang play. They're gonna show on the replay. The ball lands directly in front of him on the bag you couldn't have a more perfect throw and that's what it's taken so far when you want to get Tim Anderson off the base paths and if you're going to enjoy all the stolen bases you got to take it every once in a while when they don't get one now Mandrigal's going to lift a single out to center field that's going to be bobbled on Mandrigal on his way into second base and he is going to slide in safely at second so now you get stung a little bit by having Anderson steal because he might have scored or he'd at least be a third base on that bobble. Ball bounced in front of Ligaris, the center fielder. And the moment it went off his glove, it was only about two, three feet in front of him. Madrigal turns on the afterburners and beats the throw into second base. He has been a heads-up base runner on the base paths. You can see the difference in his defense. You can see how he runs the bases. It is very different than most of the players that we see. A 1-0 pitch now to Abreu. It's the outside corner, 1-1 one one with two outs here in the top of the third. Lamette. He's getting close to 60 pitches here in the third inning. So efficiency, not the name of the game so far for him. Misses outside on a slider, 2-1. and one. Madrigal with a solid lead at second base. The 2-1 pitch, it's the outside corner, 2-2. Two two. The count is even to Abreu, who's 0-1 in the game. 
swung on and missed. Drop third strike on the curveball down the first base. Ends the inning. So we don't get any more, but in the family waterproofing third inning, Luis Robert goes yard. And the Sox lead one to nothing. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the Sox side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. And as we enter the bottom of the third inning, Josh Naylor stands up here. Getting ready to bat from the left-handed batter's box, hitting 278, one home run, four RBIs. We saw him as a pinch hitter last night. Keuchel, only 19 pitches through the first two innings. Throws inside on the lefty. Two-seam fastball just misses. 1-0 the count. Keuchel, quickly into the wind. It's fouled down the first baseline, 1-1. One one. So the Major League Baseball owners in the real world as that pitch is a ball high, agreed on something that would restart the Major League Baseball season 82 games starting in the beginning of July. Tim Anderson dives for a ball going up the middle. He knocks it down but can't make a play. It's going to be ruled a base hit, and I think that's a good ruling. I don't know if every shortstop even gets a glove on that. That was right up the middle. He knocks it down with his glove and slides through the dirt but can't corral it to get up and throw it over. Francisco Mieja will step up the right-handed hitting catcher with a runner on first base now and no outs in the bottom of the third. You can cancel the post-game show for Keuchel, although he's done it a few times this year where he starts off not giving up anything, any base runners at all for the first few innings. It's what he does then in those middle innings that really determine how he's going to do for the whole game. Owen won the count on a called strike. Keuchel now slowing down a little bit, delivers. Ground ball back to the mound. Over to short, Anderson touches second and over to first to Abreu. They get them both on a nifty double play. So Dallas Keuchel erases the run that got on. And he continues to face the minimum with two outs here on the bottom of the third as, as Dinelson Lamette now comes to the plate. Batting righty with nobody on and two outs. So we're going to get into a lot about this possible agreement. It's got to go to MLBPA, and they've got to decide on what they're going to do. But I've commented to a lot of friends, this one is lifted out in the center field, and Roberts underneath it makes the catch, that I have my doubts as to whether or not we're still going to see real baseball this year. We'll get into it at some point. The Sox go into the top of the fourth inning, leading one to nothing. So let's touch on what I was just talking about. 82 games. They're expanding the postseason instead of 10 teams, 14 teams. Uh, they're starting in July with an abbreviated spring training in mid-June. They're not playing with any fans in the stands. There's a few other things. Uh, uh, oh, there's a designated hitter for everybody, and you're basically playing your division 
and the National League division across from you. So get ready to see a lot of the National League Central and a lot of Sox-Cubs games if that happens. All right, fine, cool. That's awesome as Yohan Moncada steps up in this game 0-for-1 with a strike on the second inning. But you can already see the brushback from the players at the idea that they will not get paid for 82 games. That Major League Baseball is going to say, no, no, we want to pay you half for 60% of what you would get for 82 games. They see it as they already had their salary cut in half. They're not cutting it anymore, and they see it as a salary cap. As Mankata swings and misses at that one, 0-2. You have to remember, a CBA is coming up, and I think negotiations started today. Mankata lifts this one out deep in the left field, tailing back towards the wall. The play will be made by Myers. Takes an 0-2 pitch for a ride. But it's a long out. There's one out here in the top of the fourth as James McCann comes up, who walked in the second inning. And Lamette six on 63 pitches with one out in the top of the fourth. Inside fastball goes for a strike 0-1. The next offering to McCann. Inside misses a ball, 1-1 one one the count. So I think there's a lot of hurdles to this thing. And I don't think the players are as into it as the media is telling you they are. A lot of the mainstream media have their own jobs on the line if baseball doesn't get played. There's a lot of money out there. And it might be on purpose or it might be because they're just wishing it would happen. But this whole idea of, I I just think this is all going to work out because the players are going to want their money. I don't think they're getting the big picture here. They just want it to happen too bad. McCann strikes out looking on a 2-2 pitch. Two gone in this inning. Now, what happens... If baseball comes back, well, first of all, I do a cartwheel because I'm excited as Nomar Mazzara comes in hitting 222. What happens to the simulated games? Well, we're going to finish up the season quick. We will announce a schedule that we already have kind of sitting in our back pocket where we'll go back to our regular Wednesday 30 minutes of socks that was socks in the basement for the first two years of his existence. And then we will still have a couple of simulated ball games that will keep you up to date as we quick sim through a lot of the season so you can see what would have happened as Mazzara lifts this one out in the center field and if the Sox make the playoffs which they could in this we'll make sure we give you the highlights of that so we won't abandon you completely and we've got a good plan in place but first baseball has to come back and I still think it's a long shot we go to the bottom of the fourth here Sox lead one to nothing in the bottom of the fourth in San Diego and Juan Lagares is 0 for 1 before they can even announce him, Keiko throws a two-seamer and it just misses high and outside. 1-0 the count. He's 1-for-7 lifetime against Keiko. Next offering misses low and outside and a changeup 2-0. The 2-0 pitch on the way. Chopped down the third baseline. Foul ball, 2-1. Next offering. Swung on and missed, 2-2 two two the count. And Keiko now comes back at him and gets him the swing and miss at a two-seam fastball. On the outside portion of the plate, gets his first strikeout of the game for the first out of the fourth inning. Remember, it was a low-scoring game last night till the ninth inning when the White Sox put up a three-spot, took a 2-1 to game and made a 5-1 to going into the bottom of the ninth. As Myers comes up, 0-for-1 and takes an outside pitch for a ball. It's 1-0 here in the bottom of the fourth after a Luis Roberts solo shot. 2-0 count now. As that one was in the dirt, now Myers fouls one down the third base line, two and one. Next pitch swung on and missed, an outside two-seam fastball. You see Keuchel really working through all of his pitches tonight with McCann. 
throwing with very good accuracy early on. Swung on and missed a two-seamer just a little bit further outside. He gets him to reach for it. He set him up and then just inched it further out. And he gets back-to-back -back strikeouts after not recording any in the first three innings. Tommy Pham comes to the plate. 0 for 1. As Keiko gets ready for his 38th pitch here in the bottom of the fourth and two outs. Two-seamer just misses. 1-0 the count. Pham's average down to 289. He has nine home runs. As he stands in on the right side of the plate. Takes an inside two-seamer. 43 hits on this team. That's second on the Padres coming into this game. He's 2-0 right now to Dallas Keuchel. Swung on and sent out into right field. Tailing across in the foul territory is Mazzara. Goes off his glove, but in foul territory. 2-1. Now swung on and missed on a changeup outside. And Keuchel evens it up immediately. He didn't even let Pham get settled after that. Nice quick pitch. McCann sets up on the inside corner. And they get him looking on a cut fastball high and tight. Pham just stares at where the ball was and shakes his head. End of four, Sox lead 1-0. Adam Engel will come to the plate as there's already double barrel action in the Padres' bullpen. Lamette enters the top of the fifth, trailing 1-0 with 71 pitches under his belt. And Engel sends the first one deep into center field. It's tailing back towards the wall. He looks up, and that ball is gone. Solo shot, Adam Engel. Dead center field, 436 feet. Got out of here at 105.4 miles an hour. Two solo home runs from the bottom of the order for the White Sox. Is the difference in this game is it is now 2 to nothing in San Diego. And the guy to hit the first home run for the Sox tonight will come up to the plate after slapping high fives with Angle as he crosses the plate. And Luis Robert is one for one with his solo shot. And Lamette delivers inside four seamer, misses 1-0 the count. And you hope that that home run is the catapult that gets Luis Robert going. Robert waves the bat across the plate. Lamette takes his time, waits for the sign, the pitch. A low curveball hits the dirt on the way into the glove, 2-0. Went one for four with a two-run double last night in his last appearance at the plate. But he was a full count in every at-bat. He went full in the first at-bat here tonight and hit a home run. So maybe he's seeing the ball very well to get pitchers to go deeper in counts. Maybe that's the plan. Three and one now on an inside curveball. So a hitter's count for Robert. As he continues to work the pitchers. Is this maybe a focus? Hot shot over to third. Machado makes a nice stab. Looked like it was on its way out to left field. He gets it over to first base. There's one gone here in the top of the fifth inning. And Dallas is going to come up and hit. And why not? He's pitching really well. The Sox have a two-run lead. Keiko popped out straight up, basically, the first time up. Takes a high four-seam fastball for ball one. Keiko was a gold glove winner in 2018. I did not know that. Or at least didn't pay enough attention. As this one is also popped up. Gets out as far as Machado, though, this time. So he's increasing the distance. Caught just behind third base. There's two gone, and Tim Anderson comes up one for two with a single in the third inning, and he was erased on an attempted stolen base a few pitches later. The two-out pitch. Outside, two-seamer misses, 1-0 the count. 
He scored eight times in the last five games. He's been a very good table setter for this team. And I was not a big fan of him being in the one spot like Ricky Renteria wanted him to be. And I don't know if it works out in real life, but right here, he's doing well. 2-0 pitch on the way. Cracked out into left field. This one's tailing back. Hits just before it gets to the wall. Like it ran into a gust of wind and bounces over for a ground rule double. It's hard to judge sometimes on these camera angles, and that ball is moving quick. So T.A., it lands about two feet in front of the wall and bounces over. Dropped almost straight down. And now Mandrigo comes up and takes an inside strike. He's one for two with a single in the third inning. He advanced the second on an error. That's how it was ruled. And Mads would like to drive in T.A. Inside pitch, fouled back, hits the umpire. 0-2. Mandrigo's hitting 375 with runners in scoring position. We said he's hitting over 450 over his last five games. This ball's going to bounce a little bit, but not get too far away. Anderson's going to hold it second. The count is 1-2. and two, With two outs in the top of the fifth. Lamette, pitch number 86, is sent down the right field line. Fair ball into the outfield. Anderson's going to come around and score. Mandrigal's in the second. This kid is figuring it out this week. Nick Mandrigal looking sharp. You know, when I saw that he was up at the number two spot in the order, I said too soon in my head. But he puts that one over first base. It lands about 10 feet behind first, about a foot inside the chalk, and goes to the corner. He's standing on second base. He's got a single and a double and an RBI in this game. And Jose Abreu, with a strikeout and a lineout, comes to the plate hitting 271. And the Sox lead 3 to nothing. Lament on pitch number 87 as the bullpen's going. He's got two outs, but the Sox... They've done a little damage in this inning, and now Abreu puts this one down the first baseline. It hooks just foul. An outside four-seam fastball misses, two and one the count. Abreu swings and misses at a slider, tailing away that was outside the zone, two and two. He could have laid off of that one. It would have been easily three and one. Lamet checks the sign. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent back up the middle, bouncing. It might get through. Tatis with a heck of a play. Scoops and throws back on the outfield grass. A faster runner would have made it, but Abreu is out at first. Midway through the fifth inning, the White Sox have opened up a little bit of a lead and lead three to nothing. New challenges bring new technology. DP3Tech has partnered with Microsoft to make things easier on you and your business. Imagine being able to get everybody together in a nice, easy, user experience friendly meeting room and being able to share whatever you want in the room with just one click. You can migrate from old legacy on-premises equipment right now to flexible, secure, work-from-home-friendly cloud services. Bring your group together faster, better, easier. Find out what DP3Tech can do for you. Contact their cloud migrations team today, 312-896-2450, or email info at dp3tech.com. And you're in the DP3 Tech fifth inning. The White Sox actually scored a, on a home run in the family waterproofing third and then got two runs in the DP3 Tech fifth. I, that seems like symmetry to me. DP3 Tech has partnered with Microsoft and has come up with a better way to do all this work from home and social distancing thing for any size company. They will mitigate all of your company's 
uh, tech and put everything in there. You can get people with one button. You can show things to people with one button. It's better than holding up the page in front of the camera on the Zoom call. All you got to do is give them a call. You just heard that information. Go on the website, send them an email, and get some information. And it costs you nothing to do that. As Fernando Tatis Jr. comes up, he's 0 for 1 with a ground out in the second inning. Keuchel enters the bottom of the fifth on 42 pitches. He's given up one hit, and this pitch is fouled off down the third base line. Tatis with 38 hits is third on his team right now. And the youngsters batting in the four spot swings and misses at an off-speed pitch, low and away, 0-2. They finished up that game in Atlanta quick in between the rain. The Braves win 5-1 over the Red Sox at home. Tatis swings and misses at an outside pitch, and Keuchel sits him down quickly for his fourth strikeout of the game. You look at what Keiko was doing. He goes outside, but in the zone. He comes right back and goes low and outside, working Tatis away, and then comes back high and in, in the zone, and freezes him. It was a ball. Then he goes back outside. He's not in the zone, but he's close. So he gets Tatis the reach. So he attacked him on four pitches. And Machado, who's 0 for 1, grounded out on one pitch in the second inning. He comes up with one out here in the bottom of the fifth. Cincinnati... Loses at home to Miami, 7-4. That is finally a final. Some late games out east. Keiko into the pitch. Swung on and fouled back, a two-seamer down at the knees, 0-1 the count. McCann sets up on the outside portion of the plate and takes a high two-seam fastball. He seemed to be calling for it low. Keiko missed on that one. 1-1. One one. It is finally over in Pittsburgh. In lots of extra innings, they defeat... St. Louis 2-1 as Machado swings and misses and a fastball tailing inside at the shoelaces crosses him up 1-2 the count Keiko quickly in the line McCann sets up on the inside portion of the plate swung on and missed high and tight a cut fastball Machado goes underneath it five strikeouts now for Keiko which is amazing because he didn't have any strikeouts through the first three innings think about that he didn't strike out anybody through the first three innings he struck out the last five guys he's faced, or at least the last five guys that have swung and missed come up to the plate. That's what I mean to say. Brian Dozier's 0 for 1. He grounded out in the second inning. Into a shift. Mandrigal's behind second. Anderson and Moncada have shifted over a little bit. There's only one guy on the right side of the infield that goes right to Anderson. He hits into the shift again. Sent over to Abreu. 1, 2, 3. Go the Padres. And we are through five. With the Sacks leading 3 to nothing in San Diego. You're listening to Sacks in the Basement. Drew Pomeranz will come in. 22 games, 2-0, 24.2 innings. And Yuan Moncada steps up to the plate. Takes a strike down the middle. He's on the right side of the plate now with a lefty in. Let's get back a little bit real quickly to what's going on in, in MLB. Tony Clark of the Union. And this is the most telling thing. Because remember when he said when they were talking, well, we might play a half a season, but if we don't have fans, the players will have to take a pay cut. He said, no, we already negotiated it. I don't know what they're talking about. As Makata swings and misses, he's 0 for 2 in the game, and he's 0 and 2 in the count, having a rough one so far today. Into the line, the lefty sends this one now in the right field, falling fast. He dives, and it gets underneath him. Makata's going to run all the way around second. He's on his way into third. The ball's back at the wall, just getting picked up as he gets to third base. He'll round third and think twice as he gets to the relay, man. That is a triple for Yohan Mancada as an ill-advised dive for a ball that was falling short. Gets under the glove and rolls to the wall in the right field corner. 
Mankata standing at third base, looking to see if he needed to go home there. There's no outs in the top of the sixth inning, and a runner on third for James McCann. Takes an 0-2 pitch and turns it into a triple. That's how you know you're a good player. That frustrates other teams. McCann takes one low and inside for a strike on the corner. But now Tony Clark says after this, the, the owners have agreed to everything. And here's the quote. This is not the first salary cap proposal our union has received. Trust me, folks. They're negotiating the CBA right now. And you know what? If they're going to do that, fine. Just make sure I have baseball in 2021. Because I don't want to see another stoppage if you're not going to play the half season. It probably won't be the last, Clark said, that the league is trying to take advantage of a global health crisis to get what they've failed to achieve in the past. As McCann strikes out and to anonymously negotiate through the media for the last several days suggests they know exactly how this will be received. There are a lot of vocal players on Twitter. They're all asking about health concerns. They're all concerned about the idea they're trying to cut into their money. I've heard the, fr- I've heard the phrasing of, hey, if uh, Major League Baseball made more money than they expected, would we get paid more? The owners have held things over players' heads like renegotiating contracts and renegotiating the CBA, and this is what you agreed to. They even did it with this most recent agreement where the players have not been happy with how service time has been manipulated. And now the players are throwing it back in their face. As Mazzara standing in on the left side of plate, he's 2-0 quickly. Mankata still on third with one out in the top of the sixth. Sean Doolittle, relief pitcher. He wrote an interesting series of tweets. One of them was, bear with me, but it feels like we've zoomed past the most important aspect of any MLB restart plan. Health protections for players, family, staff, stadium workers, and the workforce it would require to resume a season. Then he went through all these different things, including there's studies saying it might affect your lungs if you get it, but you're still asymptomatic. Are they going to provide me lifetime health care? Do I get hazard pay? He wants more money to go and play. So this is not going to be a cut-and-dry thing as Mazzaro walks down to first base, drawing the free pass, and Adam Engel is one for two with a solo home run. The fifth comes up with runners on first and third and one out. And it's such a short timeline. They want to get this taken care of in a couple of weeks so they can resume spring training in mid-June. Folks, have you ever known these two sides to get along ever? Like, just work things out? I don't see it. Want to know the count, the pitch, the angle. Swung on and charged out in the left field. It's at least going to score Moncada, I believe. Myers will catch it. Moncada will tag the throw coming into home. It will be close. Nice arm, but he's up the first baseline on the throw. Moncada will score on the sacrifice fly by Angle. Mazzara held at first as they faked him out on the possible cutoff of the throw. Luis Robert now comes to the plate. He had a solo shot in the third inning. That gave the White Sox their first run of the game. They now have four in total, and he's got a runner on first base. Runner on first, two outs, top of the sixth inning. Swung on and fouled off down to third baseline. Next offering, swung on and missed, 0-2 the count. MLBPA executive board member and Yankees catcher Chris Ianetta told ESPN last week, as Robert swings and misses and goes down on strikes and ends the inning, there's an intrinsic risk that players are going to undertake. They should be fairly compensated for taking that risk. Yeah, this doesn't seem positive. Good thing we have this. You're listening to a White Sox simulated season, and we've been doing every single game here with MLB The Show on Sox in the basement. Josh Naylor steps up to the plate. He's the number seven hitter. He's one for one with a single in the third. One of the few guys to break through on Dallas Keuchel tonight. He's sitting on 51 pitches as he starts the bottom of the sixth. He's cruising so much, he's probably leading off 
the top of the seventh inning. Hitting. The two-seamer swung on and missed. 0-1 the count. Keuchel into the wind. And a swing and a miss on a change up there. He has gotten even deadlier. Striking out five of the last six guys that he has retired. Inside two-seamer, one and two. Brushes him back off the plate. Naylor shakes his head. Seems to think that he thought he was going after him. And maybe Keuchel is intimidating him a little bit. He goes outside. He was trying to set him up. Going low and outside after going high and tight. It misses two and two the count. Inside pitch swung on and missed a two-seamer. And he sits down Naylor. Six strikeout for Keuchel. Six of the last seven outs that have been recorded against the Padres have been strikeouts by Dallas Keuchel after he didn't have one through the first three innings. And that man is on fire out there on the mound. Francisco Mijia is 0 for 1. Takes a low outside changeup, 1 and 0. Keuchel into the wine in the pitch. High and inside, two-seam fastball, 2 and 0. Folks, remember, SoxOn35th.com is partnered with Sox in the Basement. That's us. We do the broadcast. We simulate the games. We keep track of all that stuff. We send it over to them. They do the analysis. They break down things afterwards. They give you the box scores. A completely immersive experience. As a low and inside pitch misses 3-0, and that's the first time in a while that we've seen Keuchel get behind on a batter. So after the game, check out Sox on 35th and be a part of this season. Get me over fastball, goes for a strike. Three and one the count. Let's see if Keiko goes back inside the zone. He tried to, but he tried to hit the inside corner. Ump's gonna say it's too far inside. Keiko didn't like the call. Stood on the mound and gave him a stare after he caught the ball. Gives a free pass with one out in the bottom of the sixth. And the pitcher, Drew Pomeranz, is not gonna come in and pitch. Instead, Jerickson Profar will come in to pinch hit. He's on the right side of the plate because he has a lefty up there. He takes a low change up below the knees, 1-0 the count. Profar's hitting 289. We saw him last night. Two home runs, 10 RBIs, and 864 OPS. He does not normally start against a lefty. There was a time where at Texas... He looked like he was about to bust down and be a superstar. He goes to Oakland and has a terrible season last year and now is caught on with the Padres but does not have an everyday role. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on and sent over to second. Grabbed out of the air by Madrigal. He picked it before it hit the ground. What a play. Most second basemen let that bounce in front of him. Madrigal goes down to a knee. Not really a dive but makes a very acrobatic play to catch it and roll. Gets up and still flips at the first, hoping he's got the base runner. He did not, but there's two outs. Runner remains on first here in the bottom of the sixth. First pitch sent out into shallow right field. Mazzara comes in and catches it. One pitch, one out, and that's the third out of the inning. Through six, Dallas Keuchel has been nothing short of brilliant. And he's scheduled to lead it off here on the top of the seventh. Cal Quantrill will come on. Ten games, 13 and two-thirds innings. 1.98 ERA for the righty. Eight strikeouts, six walks. Lefty's hitting 0.87 against him. Righty's hitting in the 220s. Dallas Keuchel is going to bat. So with a 4-0 lead and him cruising, Ricky Renteria is basically giving up the first out of the top of the seventh inning. 
And I'm okay with this decision based upon how Dallas Keuchel has been efficient. Looks like he can go even deeper and effectively. And he's 1-1 one and one right now on the count. Next offering rolls away a slider, and Keuchel's 2-1. and one. Do me a favor and walk him. Although the way he's pitching, I just don't want to wear him out. Next offering lifted into center field. That could drop in. It does. Dallas Keuchel gets a single in the center on a little duck snort. And Keuchel's one for three on the day. They're going to bring him his jacket, which is so weird. I always find it funny watching pitchers run around with their jacket on. Come here, little Dallas. Put your coat on. I don't want you to get a cold. Thanks, Mom. Tim Anderson's two for three. Double, single, run scored. I know why they do it to keep the arm warm, but still, just looks silly. He doesn't wear a jacket when he's pitching. 1-0 count. Keiko's on first. He's no threat to go. Anderson takes an outside two-seamer, 2-0. Two like to see T.A. hit a two-run bomb right now. Let Dallas go back and gather his thoughts before he has to come out and pitch in the seventh. Outside pitch misses 3-0 quickly, and Cal Quantrill gives up a hit to the pitcher of an American League baseball team, and now it's 3-0 to the next hitter. Anderson waits the pitch, just hits the outside corner, a two-seam fastball, borderline call. Anderson was taking, I believe, all the way. It's tied up in Arizona again late. Mets and D-backs tied at three as this one's lifted out in the left field. That's a base hit. Keuchel advances the second. He doesn't have to run very hard, which is a good thing. Anderson's in at first, and the Sox have two on and no out. And I like what the White Sox are doing here. A tough game last night. They got business taken care of. Nick Mandrigal comes up now two for three. He's got a double and a single and drove in a run. And this is a good team, this Padres team. We're talking about two teams coming out of a rebuild. Two teams with... Some guys linked together, especially when you talk about the Tatis deal. Way back when nobody knew who he was going to be. And Machado picking the Padres over to White Sox, even though it was a better contract in San Diego. Mandrigal takes an 0-1 pitch out in the shallow center field. Nobody's advancing. It's a fly out to the center fielder. And there's one gone, and Jose Abreu's 0-3. It's about time he picked up somebody. Got a hit. Grounded out in the fifth inning. Averages dip below 270 for the first time since the beginning of the season. At no point in any game has he been below 270 until just now, if you take out the first few games. A 1-0 count. Runners on first and second. One out, foul down the first baseline. Keuchel, the pitcher, who started this game and has been very, very good, stands on second base. Anderson's on first as an outside fastball catches the corner low, one and two to Abreu. Jose now lifts the next one in the left center field. It's tailing back, but it's going to stay in the stadium. It is caught. Keiko's not advancing. There's two gone here in the top of the seventh inning, and Juan Moncada, who has a triple with a run scored. He's one for three in this game. Stands in on the left side of the plate again. He's been back and forth depending on who the pitcher is. And the first pitch, inside, almost hit him. 1-0. The man is hitting 340. And he's hitting 350 with runners in scoring position. There's a changeup, hits the outside corner, 1-1. One one. After an 0-15 start to the season, incredibly consistent, and leading the White Sox in several major categories. 
Start of the season in the two spot. Got bounced down to the bottom of the lineup while he worked things out. Ended up back in the two spot and then moved into the four, and he's been there now for several weeks. And he got better in that spot. One and two the count, the pitch on the way. Swung on and set down the third base line. Scooped by Machado. He throws it from foul territory on an acrobatic jump throw. That'll make a highlight reel. Midway through the seventh, the Sox lead this game four to nothing. Will Myers comes to the plate. He's 0 for 2. He's got a strikeout and a fly out. He's 0 for 6 in the series. His team is trailing by four, and Dallas Keuchel only has 65 pitches through six innings. Incredibly efficient day for him. Keuchel, the lefty into the line, and the righty Myers lays off a two-seamer below the knees. 1-0 the count. He's 3-for-9 lifetime against Keuchel. That includes the 0-for-2 day-to-day. Swung on and missed the two-seamer on the outside corner by the knees, 1-1. One one. McCann calls for a high inside pitch, and he gets it swinging strike. It's like target practice right now for Keuchel, especially over the last few innings. The 1-2 pitch on the way. Sent out in the right field. That's a base hit. It's going to get to the wall as the outfield was shifted for Myers. Mazzaro's going to get it in, but that's a double, so a leadoff double for Will Myers. His 12th of the season, and he's finally off the snide in this series. Tommy Pham will come up. He's a dangerous hitter, and he's got lots of speed. He's got a runner on second. He's 0 for 2 in this game with a strikeout and a ground out. He's 1 for 6 in the series. Teams are always pumped up in the bottom of the seventh after they sing the seventh inning stretch. It always feels like it's louder. I've experienced it at a ballpark, so have you. It's happening right now, especially with a leadoff double against Keiko, the starter, who has been lights out for pretty much this entire game. He gets the call on an outside strike on the border. 0-1 the count to Pham. Gets him at the knees now looking, 0-2. He struck out Pham the last time looking on a high inside pitch after working him away. He froze him high and tight in the zone. Looks back at Myers now. The pitch. Sends a changeup diving in at the shoelaces. Laid off of by Pham. One and two the count. Myers, the moderate lead. Teichel will look back. No outs, Bob at a seventh. McCann sets up inside. They tried to get him on that same pitch they got him last time. A cut fastball. But this time, it was a little bit too inside. Two and two, so they went back to the well and couldn't get the location. The next pitch low in the zone gets lifted in the right for a base hit. Myers will not come in and score because of a heads-up play and throw on the dot into McCann. Chases him back to third, but it's first and third here with no outs. Keuchel has not thrown a lot of pitches, so it's not like he's tired, but they're going to go out and talk with their pitcher anyway. Coop's going to have a conversation with him. Look, you got a four-run lead. We're not coming out to grab you now. We are probably going to warm up a few guys, but, you know, you weren't up there to get a single last inning. You were up there because we wanted you to pitch this inning. I'm just guessing what he's saying. Ciszek and Bummer warming out in the bullpen right now. Keuchel, after his talk, pitches to Tatis. Throws a high two-seam fastball that just misses. 1-0 the count. Tatis only hitting 194 with runners in scoring position to this point. He's 0 for 2 in this game. But there's no outs in the bottom of the 7th. Sacks up 4 to nothing. Runners on 1st and 3rd, and there's good speed on 1st. 
Swung on and missed a low changeup. One and one the count. I would be surprised if Pham doesn't try to take second at some point. He stole two bases on two pitches last night in a row. Inside two-seamer, two and one the count. But Keiko's a lefty, so he's not going to get the same jump that he got on Giolito. He may just hope that Keiko's distracted by him. Dallas has to focus on the batter. He's got a cushion. Make your pitches. Inside two-seam fastball misses high and tight. Three and one the count with the ever-dangerous Manny Machado on deck. And what felt like a foregone conclusion that Dallas Keiko was going to continue to cruise. Doesn't feel that way right now, at least. Because this ball is fouled off down the first baseline into the netting. Full count, payoff pitch here. With runners at first and third to Tatis. Low, he missed his location. Tatis holds off. The bases are loaded. Manny Machado comes to the plate. And the buzz is considerable here in San Diego in Petco Park. The Padres got only one run yesterday and had not scored a run yet in this game. But now with nobody out, they have everybody on. Bases loaded, no outs, bottom of the seventh. They have their best hitter, in my opinion, up to the plate. 0 for 2 is Manny Machado. Sox have held him down so far, but at some point, he's going to get something. Keuchel checks the sign and delivers. Inside two-seam fastball goes for strike one. Machado's hitting 302 to date with runners in scoring position. So the moment does not mess him up. He is intimidating as he stands in in the right batter's box. Low outside changeup misses one and one. So Keuchel has not let a lot of guys on this entire game. In fact, there are more guys on in this inning that have been on base the entirety of the ball game. Fouled back one and two. Keuchel even with this rough inning, only at 83 pitches. Next offering, low and in, misses on a cut fastball, two and two. As Dallas is trying to keep the ball down. San Diego only has three hits this entire game. Two, two, the count is even the pitch. Inside, broken bat down the first baseline. Abreu's going to flip the Keiko. They're going to let the runners score. As the ball died in the infield, Keiko covers first. The White Sox will concede a run and take the out at first base on a broken bat by Machado and a ball that dies in the grass. Abreu ran up to get it and Keiko ran over and covered first. So there's one run in and one out. As Brian Dozier comes up over two with two ground outs, both of them were into a shift, which the White Sox seemingly cannot do right now. Or at least not the way they were. The pitch. Low four-seam fastball above the knees, 0-1 the count. Tatis Jr.'s on second, Fams on third. Lots of speed, one out, bottom of the seventh. Outside two-seamer misses, 1-1 one one the count. The pitch. Sent down to third, Moncada backhands it. He goes across the first, they're going to concede the next run. So the White Sox and Ricky Renteria are playing back with a four-run cushion to start the inning. They give up two, but now they have two outs and a runner on second, and Keiko gets Naylor, the lefty, and will try to end the inning, and they get a two-seam fastball across for a strike. 24 pitches in this inning, 14 of them for strikes by Dallas Keiko. Two runs have crossed, both of them on ground outs. The Sox have allowed the runners to score. When the bases were loaded, there was only one play, and that was the first. The runner was going to score. On this one, Mancata was sitting back. 
And thankfully it was. It was a hard hit shot. It might have gotten through. So both runs were earned. And the decision for the infield placement was probably correct. Now a 1-2 count to Naylor. As Keuchel tries to minimize the damage. An outside slider misses 2-2 two two the count. Padres, though, have already cut the lead in half. And Keuchel's up in the 90s pitch-wise. The Sox would love to see him get out of the inning here without any more damage. Finish off what has been a very good start, even with that swing and a miss. He swung underneath a two-seam fastball. Keuchel sits him down. That's like an angry celebration, like he's clapping his hands, but he's lucky he has a glove on because he might have broken his hand with that clap. After seven, Sox lead 4-2. James McCann comes to the plate here in the top of the eighth inning. The Sox have had their lead cut in half as he takes a slider from Quantrill or remains in the game. Owen won the count here in the top of the eighth inning. Next offering, misses inside on a two-seam fastball, one and one. Only 13,629 in attendance tonight. That's an embarrassment, San Diego. You've got a good team. I know it's a weeknight, and I know the chilly 60-degree temperatures kept you Southern Californians away. But you don't deserve anything until you start filling this place up. And that comes from a White Sox fan. Think about it. Two and one the count now as McCann sends this one down the third baseline, hooking foul into a row of seats that looks like they would be more needed at a tennis match. Interesting box seats they have here down the lines. Inside pitch misses three and two with Mazzara on deck. Here in the top of the eighth inning. Sox would like to get at least one back after that last inning. Slider inside misses. And down goes McCann to first base. So the leadoff runner is on here in the top of the eighth. And it has been a total team effort here for the White Sox as James McCann is going to go into the dugout. Danny Mendick is going to come out and run for him. We saw last night Rondal leave the game and get a pinch runner, and McCann finished things off. And now Rondal is going to have to return to favor as he'll get the catching gear on and come out and catch the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth. Mazzaro takes an outside pitch for a ball, and then an inside changeup gets across for a strike, one and one. Mendick's got good speed. We haven't seen him steal many bases, and after seeing Anderson get gunned down, Mihea is nobody to trifle with. Lifted down the first baseline, hooking towards the pole. It will get out, but foul. Mazzara gives it a ride. He was just way too out in front of it. One and two now the pitch to the lefty. Swung on and fouled off down the third baseline. He went way outside and reached for a pitch trying to protect. We'll do the 1-2 pitch again. Foul back into the catcher who now goes to his knees. He's okay. Quantrill delivers. Foul back again. Count remains 1-2. One 1-2 two. One -two count. No outs. Top of the eighth inning. Mendick takes off the second. A low pitch is a ball. Throw down to second. He is safe under the tag. And I think Danny Mendick noticed that after that pitch a few pitches ago, had hit the inside thigh of the catcher. He was going to take advantage and go. And it worked out for him. Two and two the count as that was a ball. Mazzara now gets hit in the thigh. I think he's trying to come inside. You can't, there's no unwritten rule that you can't steal a base with a lead in the eighth inning when it's only a two-run lead. But interestingly enough, they come in and hit him right on the butt on that one and put him on first base. And Adam Engel will come to the plate. 
Mazzara stared down, and now Angle's having a conversation with the umpire and the catcher, Mijia. So the players are talking out there after that one. Mendix on second. Mazzara's on first. There's no outs in the top of the eighth. And Angle lifts one out in the right field. Mendick may tag. He will. He's headed to third. The throw's going to come into the relay and down to third base, and he is safe. So Angle's able to advance Danny Mendick. The pinch runner is able to steal a base and advance on a fly out to right. And with one out, the Sox have another run standing at third with Mazzara at first. And Luis Robert is one for three with a solo home run and is starting to find the stroke. And all he really needs to do is put it deep enough to score the runner. Strike down the middle of four-seam fastball. I bet you he wishes he could get another one of those again. That was a beautiful straight fastball down the middle, and he laid off it. 0-1. Now the outside corner gets hit on a two-seamer at 93 miles an hour, and quickly Roberts 0-2, Quantrill going right after the rookie. He's been watching all series long, Padres pitchers letting him get to a full count. And he's decided in this at bat, I'm going to throw it, big guy, you hit it, because I don't think you can. Let's see if Roberts up to the challenge. Nope, struck out on three pitches, and he was looking on that one. Luis Robert unprepared coming to the plate. And there's two outs. Yasmani Grandal's been one of the hottest hitters on this team. He's going to come in and pinch hit and then likely, of course, a double switch as the next White Sox reliever will come in. Mendick already came in and ran from a can. He's standing on third base. And now you get Grandal hitting lefty where he's been more deadly this year than on the right side of the plate. And he has been really hitting the ball hard, hitting 285s in the top five in average now in this team. He's tied for the lead in home runs at 11 and has been on fire, probably the biggest hitter in this lineup over the past two weeks. Takes a high outside two-seam fastball, 2-0 two the count. With Tim Anderson on deck. They can pitch around him, but then you get T.A. And he's no slouch at the plate. 2-0 count, two outs, top of the eighth inning. Sox leading 4-2. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent deep. Way back into the lights in right field. Grandal with a pinch hit. Three-run bomb that gets out of here at 407 feet. Light it up. Well, not here because we're on the road, but I'm lighting it up. Gets out of here at 103.5 miles per hour, and Yasmani Grandal touches them all, and there's a crowd at the plate with Mendick and Mazzara waiting for him and T.A. as well, who's coming up next. He just launched it. He is so good right now. He is seeing the ball so well. And Quantrill just put his head down after that ball left the bat. It was a no-doubter. Padres now are going to make a switch here, it looks like. Craig Stammen is coming in. We saw him last night. 17 games so far. 1-0 record, 17 to third innings, a 1.56 earned run average. 15 strikeouts to nine walks. He was extremely effective against the White Sox last night. Anderson comes up with two outs in the top of the eighth inning. 1-0 pitch. Jimmy Cordero's warming up in the bullpen. Aaron Bummer had been warming. They're going to see if they can get him warm enough to come in and start this next inning. Bummer's going to throw lightly just in case. He was, I think, scheduled to come in for the eighth inning, but now the White Sox have the lead 7-2. With two outs in the top of the eighth, Anderson's got a 1-1 count from Stammen. 
Swings at a low pitch, sends it up the middle, and it's seeing eye single just past the outstretched glove of a diving Fernando Tatis Jr. Anderson is on. And all that does is give more time for you to get a different reliever in and save Aaron Bummer tonight. Nick Mandrigal is two for four. He's really starting to come to life as well. And takes an inside slider for a strike. 0-1 the count. Two outs. Top of the eighth. Sox have gotten some runs. And a three-run pinch hit bomb by Yasmani Grandal. They led four to nothing for a good portion of this game. Padres have just gotten two in the bottom of the seventh against the starter Dallas Keuchel, who went seven innings and is now out of the game, giving up two runs. Over three hits in seven innings. This is a ground ball, the second for Mandrigal. The flip over to short. The force out at second base of Anderson. And the inning is over. Yasmani Grandal, though, comes in and sends one out on a pinch hit, two out, three-run home run down the line. Jimmy Cordero will come into the game here. Over his 17 innings, he has the highest walks and hits per innings pitch than the highest ERA on the team. He has the highest fielding independent pitching. To put it short, after a very, very hot start the first few weeks of the season, he is the worst statistical pitcher on the entire staff. And a lot of people think he's earmarked for AAA if Michael Kopech is coming up on Thursday. Although that decision has not been made. He quickly, though, has the catcher, Mejia, 0-2. I think it's Mejia. Sorry about that. Low sinker bounces into the glove of Grandal, 1-2 the count. 2-2 two two as he misses low there as well. Cordero gets the 8, the 9, and the 1 spots. As 1 is lifted out in the center, a diving attempt by Robert. It goes off the glove and lands in front of him. A difficult play. I think with most outfielders, that's just a base hit without a dive. He sold out, but kept it in front of him, knocking it down. Cordero gives up a hit right away. There's a reason why he comes in when you got a five-run lead and you're trying to save some bullpen arms. Greg Garcia will come in and pinch hit. He's hitting 224. Takes a ball inside, 1-0. Cordero has not been good in his last several outings. Ricky Renteria is either giving him a chance to redeem himself a chance to audition to stay on the staff. Swung on and missed on a changeup, two and one the count. Inside four, Seamer, two and two. Goes for a strike. Cordero trying to fight back. He's not a bad pitcher. Even if he gets sent down, he could be back up later on in the season. He's got to work out his problems. This one's a number in front of the plate. Grandal can't get it down there quick enough. Cordero didn't come off the mound. That ball is closer to Cordero and he never even moves. Poor defensive play by the pitcher. Grandal had to come a long way to come get it as Cordero just stood there and watched the play. Grandal gave it his best effort. But there's another runner on now, and there's two on in the bottom of the eighth inning. And Juan Laguerras, the center fielder, will come to the plate. And Bummer, who has sat down for a little bit, is back up throwing. The hope was no more drama, just finish this game. Cordero, though, not looking good early on. That was a solid base hit in the center field that Robert gave his best effort on, and then he doesn't come off the mound on a play that was clearly his. 0-2, though, quickly now as he pours in two fastballs. If he's angry with himself and he can turn it into some good pitches, that's a good thing. Ball's lifted out in the left field. Tailing back, it will be caught by Angle. 
The runner's going to advance from second to third as it was deep enough. And Engel is running away from third out towards center, catching it on the run. So first and third, one out. Will Myers comes to the plate here in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Padres have a five-run deficit. Cordero finally gets his first out of the inning. Rondell is behind the plate now after hitting a pinch-hit three-run home run. One of the base runners that he brought in, Danny Mendick, had come in to run for James McCann. He stole second and advanced the third on a ball out into right field. So it made sense to have him out there. But anybody could have scored on that bomb by Grandal. Owen won the count as a pitch is inside and called a strike. Next one's high and misses on a four-seamer, one and one. You have heard me talk on Sacks in the Basement all offseason that I like Jimmy Cordero. I think Jimmy Cordero is a good pitcher. I think he showed us something. And I envision him as a big part of this staff. I didn't envision Carson Fulmer being anything of consequence. That is not the case as of today. A low fastball below the knees goes for a ball, 2-1 and one, to Myers. Smacks this one to second. Madrigal with a nice feed over to Anderson. Sent over to first. Four to six to three. Everything that Nick Madrigal does looks like poetry out there. Cordero's 38th. Sacks lead this still seven to two. As Jose Abreu will come to the plate in the top of the ninth inning. Abreu's 0 for four. He's had a rough game. Considering that Encarnacion is probably going to get a start in this series. Just like he got one in San Francisco just to keep him fresh. He'll likely get a break tomorrow unless he comes in as a pinch hitter. Jace Fry and Evan Marshall are warming out on the pen. Sacks have a five-run lead. They lead 7-2 here on the top of the ninth. If they win today, they are 10 games over 500. On May the 12th, inside sinker, 1-2. A great start so far for the Chicago White Sox after years of failure and rebuilds. And I say failure and rebuilds because... I feel like there were two rebuilds in there, not just one. And there was some failure mixed in. But this last rebuild so far seems to be paying off. I think this one was done right. Two and two. Swung on and sent out to right field. Get down, it will. It's a base hit. Jose avoids the big sombrero of 0 for 5, and he gets a base knock into right. Stands down at first base. And Mancata will come to the plate. Yolan's one for four. His only hit came from the right side of the plate. It was a triple. He's three for seven in the series with two doubles. And the triple. The 1-0 pitch. Swung on and sent down the first baseline. Foul. Almost took the umpire out. I thought the ump stood like right on the line there. He was really in foul territory. And he almost got cream. Inside sinker misses from Stammen. Two and one. They are still tied in Arizona. They went into extras. Yesterday with the Mets and the uh, Diamondbacks, and we're doing it again, I think, tonight. Ground ball, the short, flipped over to second, around to first. Tatis starts it, and it ends up over at first base as a double play rack him up. Two outs. Edwin Encarnacion will come up and hit for Cordero because of the double switch he was sitting in this spot. And that's clearly by design. Could you get a middle-of-the-order hitter batting in the five spot in your lineup? Encarnacion hitting 254 comes in the pinch hit. Takes an inside knuckle curve for ball one, one and oh. Two outs, top of the ninth inning. 
It looks like it'll be Evan Marshall or Jace Fry coming in to start the ninth for the White Sox with a five-run lead. Inside slider, catches the zone, one and one. Last night, we saw Colome pitch the eighth, and Bummer pitched the ninth. They switched the roles based upon how everything lined up, and it worked to perfection. Slider diving away, swung on and missed by Encarnacion, one and two. Next offering, low, a sinker below the knees, two and two, the count is even with two outs in the top of the ninth. White Sox trying to take the first two in this series like they did in their last series in San Francisco. Fouls back a sinker. Count remains even. The pitch. Swung on and lifted deep out in the left field. This one's got some legs. It heads back to the wall and gone. Two pinch hit home runs by the White Sox tonight. Grandal had a three-run homer last inning. And Encarnacion hits a solo shot with two outs to add to the lead 376 feet out in the left field. They're heading to the exits here. If they weren't heading there already as Nomar Mazzara comes up. Sox have an 8-2 lead. And Mazzara takes an outside slider 1-0. This White Sox team is really coming together. The last time they stumbled was on the last road trip. They split with the Angels, but lost two of them to Colorado. And the question was, had they lost some of the mojo they had? They sat at about 500 over a 12-game stretch. And now, they're starting to take off again. They have never lost more than two games in a row this season. But they've won more than two in a row a few times. It's a low sinker, misses 3-0. Adam Engel stands on deck. He will bat if Mazzara gets on. Mazzara takes a strike down the middle. He was taken all the way, 3-1 the count. You know, late in these games, you might sit there and say, well, what does it matter to Nomar Mazzara? His team's killing it. He's trying to come back from a really rough start. This at-bat means a lot to him. Slider misses low. He's going to walk. You know, you don't give up on your approach because your team's killing the other team, and it's late. That's a nice at-bat. He draws another walk. He's had a few of them today. Adam Ingles, one for three, had a shot. Out of here for the second run of the game. Robert and Engel had solo shots before the Sox started adding on more runs, and now they lead 8-2. to two. Engel takes an inside slider, 1-0 the count. Boos raining down from a few of the Padres faithful. You could imagine they pay as much attention to us as a rebuilding team in the American League as we do to them in the National League. Both fan bases are like, our team's going to be better. So far, the White Sox have gotten the better of them. Ground ball to short, flipped over to second for the force out. But Encarnacion adds on another one with a solo shot. Out in the left field. We go to the bottom of the ninth, up by six. Evan Marshall will come out here for the ninth inning. He's got 18 and a third innings over 15 appearances, 2-0 record, 2.95 earned run average. 13 strikeouts, four walks. Righty's hitting 222 against him. Lefty's hitting 200. Tommy Pham will be the first batter. The three, the four, and the five will come up here for the Padres, trailing by six here in the last half of the game. Inside sinker goes for a strike taken. Owen won the count from Marshall. Want to thank Family Waterproofing Solutions for all their support during all of this. And I want you to go check them out, even if you think you might need a new sump pump or a battery. You just want to have somebody take a look at something that doesn't look right in your basement. 
The good people. Support them. They support us. And they pitch is lifted out in a shallow center for a base hit from Pham. He's not ready to go home. So the leadoff man is on. Want to thank DP3Tech. I don't care if you have a business or if you just work for somebody. Go impress the boss. Tell him about how you can do things better with this whole work from home thing. They've got the answers. And I want to thank our sponsors, Cork and Carrie at the park. I want to tell you a quick story about them. They really touched me the other day. They pay us. That's how this works. But I send things to all the restaurants and bars like, you don't need to pay me. You're shut down. You're hurting for money. Don't pay me. And Cork and Carrie did not stop. And I didn't expect it to come, and they came, and they, they just, they, and they're not even open. I don't even want to cash the thing, I'll be honest with you. As Tati swings and misses for a strikeout. And I'm touched by the fact that they're like, no, we want to make sure you have this. You know, because I know they're struggling. They've got their location up on Western Avenue. It's not, it's not even open. They can only do the food out of the place around the park. And let's be honest, I guarantee you that place, it's big months are when the White Sox are open. It's not when they're not playing. That one's flying out in the center field. Robert on his horse going to get back and catch it. There's two outs quickly. There's Machado, one pitch, one out. There's two outs at the bottom of the ninth. Marshall is about to end this game. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to them. Make sure you check out their menu. Cork and carry at the park.com or go through Grubhub. Eric Hosmer is going to come up and pinch hit. He stands in the lefty with a runner on first and two outs. Cork and carry at the park is our fine sponsor. And they've been uh, advertising with us since back at the end of the season last year and have been a sponsor with us now for the last couple of months. And don't forget Sox on 35th with the post game. Check that out. Check out the blog. Joe Binder's been on the show before. We're going to have to get him on soon enough. This one's down the third base line. The game's not over yet. Going to roll into the corner. Angle's going to get it in. Fam's going to go first to third, but remain on third base. A double for Hosmer. Two on and two out. With the Sox leading 8-2 here in the bottom of the ninth inning and the Padres not wanting to go home just yet. Sox get the Padres tomorrow here in San Diego and then head back home for a series with Toronto. And the possibility looms large that Michael Kopech will be in a jersey. The real debate, though, is is he starting on Thursday or not? Don Cooper, according to a couple of pitching coaches that we've had on the show before, who have worked with him, says sometimes you got to work things out in the bullpen. Chris Sale, remember, worked things out in the bullpen. Coming off of an injury with the way the pitching staff is doing, he could end up being a long reliever or splitting games up with Gonzalez, who's averaging about four to five innings. Imagine if you could have Gio go four or five and Kopech come in and finish off the game. Swing and a miss there by Josh Naylor, and quickly he's one and two. Marshall doesn't want to let a run across. He doesn't care what the score is. He wants to do his job. Runners on second and third. Two outs the pitch. Just misses high. Thought he punched him out there. The count is even. I would say with the fans that are left in the stands, half of them are wearing White Sox outfits. As an inside sinker goes for ball three. We talked about this, I believe, when we were in San Francisco. That when I lived out on the West Coast for a few years, I try not to miss any time my team got into town, and then it's a sense of pride when they win the game and you're the visiting guy. And you're like, no, I'm from Chicago. South side. We just beat you. That one's down the first baseline foul. I've been on many a sports center as the one guy that's uh, standing there in his White Sox jersey amid a sea of the other team in their ballpark. 
3-2 pitch, payoff pitch on the way. Swung on and missed, and this ball game is over. Marshall goes high on a four-seam fastball and finishes it off. Even though in the eighth and the ninth inning, Cordero and Marshall struggled a bit, neither one of them let a run cross. Keiko gives up two runs over seven. And the White Sox win this game 8-2 to take their second game in this three-game series. And we'll go for the sweep tomorrow. So far on this road trip, 4-1 and one, with one more game left to go. And the Padres have got to go back to the drawing board. Tomorrow, Dylan Cease will take the mound, and he has been red hot. The White Sox with eight runs on 13 hits, no errors. San Diego, two runs on seven hits, one error. Lamech goes 2-4 and four now, and Keuchel collects yet another win. He is now 5-1. and one. Seven innings pitched, three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, all of them coming from the fourth inning on. And two earned runs for Dallas Keuchel as your player of the game. Yasmati Grandal comes in for a pinch hit, three-run home run that really busted this game open and put it out of reach. He was one for one with that three-run homer. Adam Engel one for four with a solo shot. Luis Robert had a solo shot. Edwin Encarnacion had a pinch hit solo shot. Tim Anderson, four for five with a double and a run scored. Not much else to say about this game. It was a fun one. We look forward to trying to go for the sweep tomorrow, and then maybe, just maybe, it's Kopech Day. You've been listening to another White Sox simulated game as part of a full simulated season. I really hope that baseball's coming back. But you heard my thoughts today, and... I don't know. Until I see these guys standing next to each other with an American flag waving in the background and peaceful music. I can't believe the MLBPA and the MLB can get together on anything, especially with a timetable like this. Not a chance. But we luckily have this, folks, and we're going to keep doing it all the way to the end if we need to and try to make the best of it. Socks in the Basement returns tomorrow with Game 3 of this set and is found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.